Thank you. You may be seated. Let's look together at the gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter 15. And uh, I've got one more sermon, I believe, on this parable of the prodigal son. Uh, we've looked at a number of different thoughts from this one little parable, my favorite parable in all of, all of the New Testament. As you're turning there, I want to read to you again that first verse of that hymn we just sung. Fairest Lord Jesus, ruler of all nature, O Thou of God and man, the Son, Thee will I cherish, Thee will I honor. Listen to this last line. Thou, Jesus, my soul's glory, joy, and crown. Jesus should be the joy of your soul. If there's one thing that people are looking for today, it's joy. You think about it, this is the day where there is more depression than ever known to humanity. More people struggle with depression and discouragement today than ever before. That's due to a lack of true joy. I don't mean... I'm not talking about happiness. Happiness is based on your circumstances. Joy is enduring. You can have joy even when you're going through a difficult time. Happiness is determined on how things are around you, your happenstance. But joy is missing today. And one of the great misunderstandings of Christianity is this idea that if you come to Jesus, all of your problems will go away. Some people think that. Some people think that if they become a Christian, that all of their problems will fade away and melt away into the distance. Some people think that when they are converted or born again, that all of a sudden we will make merry, we'll have fun with all of our friends. But that's just not the case. And because people think that's what should happen, they're disillusioned when it doesn't happen. Now let's read our text. Luke chapter 15, this famous parable of the prodigal son. We're going to read the second half of it. We're very familiar with the first half. The story of how the young man goes to his father. He's, a, he's the younger brother of two brothers. And he says to his father, give me the inheritance that belongs to me. And he goes off into a far country, wastes his substance, his inheritance on wild living, riotous living. And the Bible says after he spent everything, a big famine came into the land. And he began to be in want, in need. And so he became a slave of a citizen of that country, began to feed pigs, began to want to eat what the pigs were eating. And the Bible says when he came to himself, one day he woke up. And he said, hold on a moment. How many of my father's servants don't just have bread to eat, but they've got extra bread. And here I am starving with hunger. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been in the far country starving in your soul and waking up one day and realizing, hold on a moment, the answer to all of my soul's desires and needs, the answer is found back at the Father's house. What am I doing back here? What am I doing living in the world? He woke up, went to his father, the, the account is given that the father sees him coming, runs to him, puts his arms around him, puts his robe on him, ring on his feet, uh, hand, shoes on his feet, says, let's have a party. Let's celebrate. Kill the fatted calf. 
And while all of this is happening, the older brother comes home. And this is what we're looking at tonight. Verse 25. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he, that's the older brother, and he was angry, and he would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he, that's the father, he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. And it was meet, it was proper, that we should make merry and be glad, because this thy brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. What a beautiful answer that the father gives. In this account, we find out a little bit more about this older brother. And in the church today, not just this church, but in the church as a wider uh, reference, we find brothers like this one, who should be the most joyful human beings on the planet. But instead, they're the most miserable people. Have you ever met somebody like that? They call themselves a Christian. They say that they're a follower of Jesus. But yet they're the most, like this brother, the most miserable people on the planet. They have no joy. And by the way, a lack of joy isn't just a problem in Christianity. It's a worldwide problem. People are miserable. Depressed, discouraged, looking for happiness, searching for joy. And people are trying to find that joy and contentment in all the wrong places. For many people, they just want to be entertained. Because in that moment of inter entertainment, they seem to forget all of their troubles. They have a bit of a laugh. There's some measure of happiness in that moment of their entertainment. Maybe it's watching a film. Or maybe it's getting drunk. Whatever it might be in that moment of entertainment, a fast joy ride. I don't know whatever it is, some thrill. In that moment of being entertained, they forget all their problems and they have a brief respite from the cares of this world. But as our old friend Leonard Ravenhill used to say, Entertainment is the devil's substitute for joy. And we are living in an entertainment-driven society. Is it not true? Life has become all about you being entertained. And this is what has crept into our churches. Church has become all about being entertained. 
This is why we try to entertain ourselves. And this is the problem when our churches become directed by what makes people happy. What a danger. Our music, our chairs, lights and smoke and screens and activities and clubs and all of these things. Instead of people coming to church to worship God, they come to church and they ask, what does your church offer me? And instead of people trying to build a church to the glory and honor of God, they send out surveys saying, what would you like to see in church? What would you like to have in church? And then people therefore choose their church based upon what makes them happy. And instead of going somewhere where the word of God is faithfully preached, they go somewhere where they feel good for a few minutes. It's no different than going to the movie theater. Church has not become about worshiping God. Church is no longer about learning the scriptures. Church is about how you feel. And people go from one church to the next church because they're looking for the next place that will make them feel good. And they like the music at that church, so they go there. Or they like the lunch at that church, so they go there. Or they like the fellowship at that church, and so they go there. And it becomes all about what entertains you rather than what does God want. It's all about me being happy rather than pleasing God. And here is a miserable man who's made the same mistake. A couple of observations from our text tonight. Let me give you the first one. True joy is found in communion with the Father through Jesus the Son. Do you want to have real joy? Psalm chapter 16, verse number 11. One of those first psalms that I memorized after memorizing Psalm 116. I spoke about that a while ago. I memorized this one, the last verse. Thou wilt show me, God will show me the path of life. Would you look here for a moment? Some of you have no idea what you're doing in life right now. You don't know where you're going. You don't know why you're here. You don't know where you're headed. But the Bible says, God will show you the path of life. Listen to this. In thy presence, in his presence, is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Would you look here for a moment? Do you know why some of us are missing joy? We can't find joy in our life because we're not experiencing the presence of God. It is in the presence of God where you will find full joy. I'm sorry, I, I love being with you and I hope you like being with me. But it's not in my presence that you find fullness of joy. It's in His. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Now Jesus Christ is the key to getting into God's presence. Because if you remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You want to get into the presence of God? It is only through Jesus Christ the Son. So even in our text of this, this story of the prodigal son, there were two prodigals, by the way, the younger one and the older one. And the problem with the older son was although he stayed at home, he never had communion with God. It's an interesting thought. We'll come to that in just a moment. True joy is found in communing with God. I wonder tonight... Do you commune with God? Do you walk with God? Do you talk with Him? Do you know Him? 
my grandparents used to sing an old hymn. I can remember when I was Titus's age, going along to a church service. I was very young and listening to my grandfather and grandmother sing an old hymn together. And he walks with me and talks with me. How many of you know that hymn? Beautiful old hymn. I can still hear them harmonizing together now. I wonder, do you walk with him? Do you talk with him? Do you know him? This is what John the Baptist meant in John chapter 3 and verse number 29. John was speaking about the coming Messiah, the Savior. And John says, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled because he saw Jesus coming. He must increase, I must decrease. John found fullness of joy, true joy, as he saw the Savior approaching, getting closer and closer. And your joy, your joy will increase as you come nearer and nearer to the Savior. Nearer and nearer to Him. Jesus tells us in John chapter 15, If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Would you look here? Christ wants you to have full joy. Jesus does not want you to live a miserable existence. The Lord Jesus Christ does not want you. I don't know where it came from or how we ever came up with this idea. Some people imagine that as Christians we ought to be the most sour-looking people on the planet. That's not what we find in Scripture. We're told to be sober-minded. That means you are serious-minded and also you're under the control of God's Spirit. But it does not ever mean that you ought to be miserable. Joy can be full because it's His joy. In John 16, in verse number 20, Jesus says, Verily, ver truly, truly, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow because her hour is come, but as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Now he was talking about the fact that he was about to die and be taken from them. But can I tell you, Jesus had to die and be taken from his disciples and ascend into heaven so the Spirit could come that no one could take away from us. So that we would never have to be without joy. And the Bible says no man can take the joy from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you hitherto. Up until now have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. The Lord Jesus wants you to have joy. I wonder, do you have it tonight? So the question then begs to be asked. Why didn't this brother who lived in the father's house why didn't he have joy? 
He didn't backslide. He never left the church. He never left God. He was at every single meeting. He was very religious. And he was very miserable. Some of the most miserable people I've ever met have been religious people. Sorry. I've been there myself, by the way. A couple of observations. Service can keep you from joy. Listen carefully. Service to the Father can keep you from joy. Look what it says in verse 25. Now his elder son was in the field. What was he doing in the field? Having a walk? No. He was working. Work, work, work. There's an old song we sing, we'll work till Jesus comes. And I, I'm, a, I'm a strong supporter of working. I was brought up to work hard. My grandfather was the hardest working human being I ever met in my life. My mother was the second hardest working human being I've ever met. And it was drilled into me from the time I was little. Work. Work. And that's carried on into my Christian life. But if I'm not careful, service can keep me from joy. Here's a man working in the field. And as he came home, he drew nigh to the house. He came near to the house and he heard music and dancing. He was working in the field while everybody else was in fellowship with the Father. That's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be, to be so in depth, working so much, serving so much, that you separate fellowship from God with your service. By the way, you can find fellowship in God in the work. It doesn't mean you've got to have one or the other. You can work alongside of the Father. It doesn't mean you separate the two, but if you're not careful, you leave the Father at home and go out and do your work, supposedly in the name of the Father, without any communion or relationship with the Father. And he missed the whole celebration because he was working. You ever felt like that before? By the way, that makes a person bitter when you're working and serving the Savior, but you have no joy of communion with Him. There he was working. He made the mistake of thinking that business or act, busyness or activity is the same thing as spirituality. A grave mistake. The Bible says in verse 28, he was angry. He was angry that he was out working and they were there playing. Well, they weren't playing. They were celebrating. They were rejoicing that a lost brother has been returned. He was rejoicing. The Bible says he was angry. Look what the scripture says in verse 28. He was angry and he would not go in. By the way, you cannot enter into joy when there's anger in your heart. You can't. Service can keep you from joy. Pride can keep you from joy. Verse 29. He answering said to his father, Lo, these many years I do serve thee. I never transgressed at any time thy commandment. Look, I've been serving you faithfully year after year. I've never broken your law, your commandment. I've been a good son. I've been a religious person. It's pride. Pride. Thinking about what you've done. Talking about what you've done for the Father. Talking about how faithful you've been. 
talking about how many years, as if the number of years somehow earns you brownie points with God. Pride kept him from joy. I'm so sick of spiritual pride. Talking about all the things you've done and how good you've been and how clean you've been and how long you've been on the right path and how many years you've been going and not missing a meeting and talking about people patting each other on the back like they're doing good things because, because they're proud of all the things they've done. Hogwash. Pride will keep you from true joy. Do you know you can go to every meeting on the planet, every meeting, you can go to a meeting every night of the week and still not have true joy or communion with God the Father. You can get up and lead a meeting, whether it be playing the piano or preaching or singing. You can do whatever you want to to lead things and still not have true joy of walking with the Father, communing with the Father. You can live in the tent or in the church house and still not really talk to the Father. Pride can keep you from joy. Jealousy can keep you from joy. Jealousy. I've served thee these many years. I haven't transgressed at any time thy commandment. And yet you never gave me a kid. Never gave me. You never killed the fatted calf for me. So that I could make merry. See that in his mind? So I could have fun with my friends. They didn't kill the fatted calf so everybody could have fun with the young son. So they could have merriment or enjoyment with the younger son. They killed the fatted calf in thanksgiving to God that the son who was lost has been found. That's why it was done. You be careful. Your service can keep you from true joy. Your pride one of the number one reasons people will not come to the Father through Jesus Christ the Son, one of the number one reasons people will not be saved is because of their pride. They don't think they need Jesus. They like the idea of Jesus. He sounds like a great man and a great Savior, and they'll even acknowledge Him as Jesus the Savior. But they think they're good enough without Him. I've been working. I don't. I, you should be celebrating me. That's what some people think. Would you look this way? Pride will send you to hell if you're not careful. Because you think you're something special. Pride kept him from joy. Jealousy kept him from joy. Look at the way that he talks. The Bible says in verse number 30, But as soon as this thy son was come. Now I want you to notice the language. This was his brother. He didn't say, look, as soon as my brother came home, you had a part. No, he said, when your son. Didn't even have the dignity to call him his own brother. From this thy son. As if he was far removed from himself. Would you look this way for a moment? You start looking down at people because the way that they've lived, you're in trouble. You found yourself in the same shoes as this man. You start looking down at people because they've stepped away or they've backslidden. You start looking down at people, you're going to be in trouble yourself. As soon as this thy son has come, which has devoured thy living with harlots, it begins to point out his sin. May God keep us from such silliness. I remember several years ago, we had a problem, several years ago, a problem in our congregation with a man who had a, who had a big history himself of sin. People found out about it, and boy, they were upset. 
the reality is every one of us. Every one of us would crawl up into a ball and try to climb underneath this stage if somebody got up here and told you, told this congregation about your sin. If somebody got on this platform today and began to tell everybody in this tent tonight about your sin, you'd want to leave this place and never come back, wouldn't you? But how interesting it is that we like to point the finger and point out other people's sins. This thy son, which hath devoured thy living with harlots. Now, by the way, the scriptures do not tell us that he actually did devour his father's living with harlots. That was from the brother's mouth. But the account given to us doesn't say that. It just says he, he wasted his father's sub, substance with riotous living. Maybe he did. But the scriptures did not give us that account. The brother did. Isn't it interesting that it's sometimes your own brothers and sisters in Christ who make a bigger fuss about things, who cause more trouble about things. It's your own so-called brothers and sisters in Christ that want to uncover all of your sin embarrassed you in front of everybody else. And the father said to him, Son, thou art ever with me. All that I have is thine. We'll come back to that in a moment. It was meet, it was the right thing that we should make merry, that we should celebrate and be glad for this thy brother. Now watch that. You see that? A moment ago, the son said, This thy son. Speaking to the father. This thy son. And the father corrects him. No, this thy brother. Would you look here for a moment? You will never enter into true joy and communion with God as long as you are keeping your brethren at arm's length away because you think you're better than them. Until you're able to say, this my brother. Until you're able to look at someone who may be different, from a different background, from a different culture. Until you're able to look at them and say, this is my brother because they have been born again. Because they've been washed in the blood of Christ regardless of their, of their color of skin, regardless of their background, regardless of their accent. They are my brother in Christ. If you're not willing to say that, you'll never have true joy. That's why there's a big problem when you find a church that is filled with all of one kind of people. You're lacking, you're, that church will always lack true joy. Because they will not recognize that others are brethren as well. If you go to a church that's all American, it's a problem. If it's all middle class Englishmen, it's a problem. That's a big problem. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whatever the nationality or culture may be, it's a problem. It's not right. It ought to be people from every culture, every background, every nation, every kindred, every tribe, every nation. Because when we get to God one day, when we get to heaven one day, you're not going to put the Americans in that corner. You may want to, but you're not going to put the Americans in that corner and the Irishmen in that corner. No, we're going to all be together worshiping God Almighty. And until you're able to recognize this my brother, this my sister, when you can do that, you'll begin to experience true joy. Now let me show you one last thing. You know what the, the, the main thing that kept him from joy? The main thing that will keep you from joy is this. Is your absence from the presence of the Father. Well, how, what do you mean? How could he be absent? He lived in the same house as the Father. 
Listen to, what the, listen to what the father says in verse 31. One of my favorite verses in all of scripture. And he said to him, son, thou art ever with me. You are always with me. And all that I have is thine. It's yours. Now how could a man live with his father 24-7 and never experience communion and fellowship with him? The father said, look, you're with me all the time. If you don't have joy, if you don't have communion, it's your fault because you are always with me. Look here, if you have been born again, if you have trusted in Jesus as your Savior, if you don't have true joy, it's not because God is not home. It's not because he's not here. He promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine. Do you know we have access to everything that the father has? Everything that he has is ours. That's an amazing thought. The Bible calls us joint heirs with Christ. Do you think about that for a moment? That boggles my mind. We are joint heirs. We've been adopted, accepted into the beloved. So whatever Jesus Christ has, we have. It's an amazing thought. All that I have is thine. All that God the Father has is yours. It's yours. Will you take it? Will you take it by faith? Will you use it by faith? I don't want to get to heaven one day and find out that I missed out on so much because I simply wouldn't take it. I simply wouldn't have it. I don't want to get to heaven one day and find out that I could have had more joy if I'd only spent more time in the presence of the Father. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Do not let the condition of our nation affect you spiritually. Do not let the condition of society in this generation affect the way you think about God. We're living in a day now when we think it's normal to be depressed. We think it's normal. God does not want us to live there. He doesn't. He wants us to live in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. You might be feeling low, but still you can have joy in that lowness. You can still have joy. Remember what the Lord Jesus, we read in Hebrews chapter 12, in that precious verse speaking about our dear Savior. The author of Hebrews says this, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. How could a man be nailed to the cross and still have joy? How could a man have a crown of thorns crushed upon his head and still have joy? I'll tell you why. Because he knew what was coming. He knew what was coming. He knew that this was going to be the most excruciating pain, the most challenging thing, especially when the Father laid upon him the sin account of all of us. He knew that would be crushing, but he also knew that it was going to pass. He was going to rise, and he was going to redeem us, and therefore there was joy in that. Would you look here for a moment? If you keep your eyes on what you know is coming, it'll help you through it. It'll help you through the valley. 
If you keep yourself in the presence of God, keep yourself in the love of God, Jude says. If you keep yourself near to the Savior, knowing this too will pass. I'm in a low place. I'm in a valley. I'm in a dark place. But I know it's going to pass because I'm a child of God and Jesus is coming soon. If you keep your eyes and your mind on that truth, you'll find yourself having joy in the valley. Joy in the difficulty. Keep yourself near to Him. Do not think too highly of yourself. That will rob you of all joy. When you th start thinking that you deserve something. When you start thinking that I, I don't deserve this. I deserve something better. Wrong. You know what you and I deserve? We deserve hell. We deserve the wrath of God. So don't let pride keep you from joy. Don't let jealousy. Don't look at somebody else's life and say, how come they've got everything good and I'm struggling? No, don't do that. Don't look down at your brethren who are different than you. Embrace them. Stop calling them your father's children. Start calling them your brother and sister. And love them the way you've been loved. And recognize, oh, may God help us to recognize that we are ever with the Father. And all that he has is ours. All the power that God has is yours. Think about that. It's all ours. All the peace is ours. The Bible talks about this grace wherein we stand. Grace upon grace. There's so much in Christ, isn't there? So much in him. Maybe you're here tonight and, and you are lost. You're still out in the far country. You're like the prodigal son. You're far, far away. You haven't been brought home yet. Can I tell you this evening, you'll never find joy living riotously, living wildly in the far country. This world will not bring you joy. This world can entertain you for a moment. So don't, don't mistake entertainment for joy. You may have a grand time for a moment, but it's going to pass. You know that yourself. Do not, mis do not misunderstand and think that the entertainment of this world is joy. What you need is to come to Christ. In His presence is fullness of joy. You need to come home so that we might celebrate and be able to say with the Father, This thy brother was dead, but now he's alive again. He was lost and is found. Tonight, if that's you, living in the far country, come home. Find true joy, fullness of joy in the presence of the Father. And they'll be rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that comes to repentance. Christian, maybe you're a bit like the older brother. A bit miserable. A bit grumpy. Get it right. Get it right. Communion with the Father. Let's pray together and we'll sing our final hymn. Father, help us tonight to have true joy, lasting, eternal joy, fullness of joy. May we recognize that there is no substitute for thy presence. Keep us near to thee. I pray for those who are lost. Bring them home to thee today. Find them. May the good shepherd find them tonight. And may they be brought to life because of our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray.